Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View Wrap on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero in the studio with finance presenter JP Ong. And on the phone for the second time this week, Jeff Howie, strategic market analyst. You make it sound like we, we, we don't have him on the phone often. <laughs> you know, I, I love it when we have him on the phone because he does all the heavy lifting and we just sit there and But go, it's more fun when he's actually live and in person, though. Yes, but, you know, he's being all expensive and cavey. I see. <laughs> <laughs> and he's n- he's not listening to us anymore. Jeff, are you there? <laughs> yeah, very busy, but thank you. Thank you for having me on twice a week. Oh, week. I, you know, we'd love to have you twice a week in the studio. Yeah, hint, I know. Hint. Twice a week now. <laughs> oh, why not? You know, if we're, if we're reaching for the sky, which cloud do you want to go for? <laughs> Uh, you know, the SDI obviously not reaching for the sky today. It is down 0.18% to 3,180 points. Mm-hmm. But it's not terrible. I mean, it's it's really, it's a, it's a meh Friday. So it's, it's a bit of a meh Friday, but we're coming off of two uh, de- uh, significant moves um, of for Wednesday and Thursday. Now, we did see back-to-back days of losses on Tuesday and Wednesday. Thursday, we saw that very impressive rebound from the STI, and there were questions about, well, is this the day we go back to 3,200? Well, apparently that is not the case, and not this week at least. But we are down by just about seven points, so it's not a big step back for the STI, but definitely um, investors at least just easing off of that particular level. At least that's what's happening among the blue chips. I do want to point out once again that we're seeing that that uh, this... Uh, this re- recurrence, once again, where we're seeing the blue chips take a step back, but the second and third liners overall are doing better um, are doing better better than some of their large cap counterparts. There are 207 stocks, REITs, and trusts across the broader mainboard and catalysts that are actually gaining ground, and that's higher than the 188 losers. Now, the other question, of course, is how is turnover today? How is trading appetite? Well, it's not that. Uh, it's a little bit... Uh, it almost feels like uh, traders might be on a bit of a diet here. There's less than half a billion Singapore dollars in total trades that have changed hands at this junction. So maybe folks are just uh, stay, being a little bit cautious, just taking it a little bit easy this session. But overall, we're seeing at least the second and third liners doing better than the large caps. And again, pointing perhaps at that uh, at that uh, uh, you know that that uh, rotation from the large caps into some of the smaller offers here in Singapore that has, still have room to bounce back. Across the rest of the region, we are seeing that markets are also following the queue of Wall Street for the most part, which closed in the red, and many markets are also losing ground. It's fairly mixed, though. We are seeing the Nikkei 225 today falling by 0.8%. So, um, Japan did report today that uh, their, their consumer uh, their inflation um, decreased once again. They saw deflation once again for, uh, for, for another consecutive month, and there are concerns now that Tokyo might actually impose a very brief state of emergency to try and control a, 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 a spike in COVID-19 cases in the capital region. The ASX 200 also in the red today falling by about 10 points in today's session. Um, with South Korean Cosby, though, trading about nine points higher today, and the TIEX in Taipei also up by about 144 points. So unlo- un- unlike the NASDAQ, the tech-heavy NASDAQ, which fell, the TIEX and the Cosby today just defying the, uh, da- the, uh, the overnight uh, dip, at least, for the tech-heavy Nasdaq, and they've gone their separate. They've decided to go and book some gains. Uh, mainland Chinese markets once again a bit mixed today. The Shanghai Composite's trading about 0.1% in the red. 
You have the Shenzhen Bourse about 106 points higher today. And we also have the Hang Seng trading about 0.9% in the green. Now, there were a few reasons to be a bit more optimistic, especially look at U.S. macro data. Your initial jobless claims, claims, which everybody watches out for when trying to gauge the temperature or the health, overall health of the U.S. economy, did actually was a little less than what economists were actually expecting. But there is now this concern that this raising, at least, of a capital gains tax in the U.S. might actually stymie some of these recent high flyers, tech shares, these high valuation shares, uh, stocks that are trading at very high values. Even Bitcoin, they say, might actually suffer from an increased capital gains tax. And this also just uh, dampening sentiment for the most part. But arguably, one of the bigger reasons why uh, markets here are also being a bit cautious because everybody across the world is watching on and very concer- and with much concern also about the ongoing outbreak of COVID-19 cases in India. Just to put into context, that country sees, saw about almost 300,000 daily case, uh, new cases in the last 24 hours. And India happens to be the fifth largest economy in the world, roughly the same size as Germany. So un- it might not be of the same magnitude as, say, the U.S. or China going into a total lockdown. But if that does happen, then that is a significant economic engine that also could slow down the global economic recovery and bounce back. And this could also have repercussions here in Singapore because of the amount of labor um, that, that, that's derived uh, from, from, from India and also because of the number of businesses in Singapore that actually do business in the subcontinent. So there are a few reasons to be a bit more cautious. But overall, I think uh, markets at least are just being uh, cautious, at least in Singapore. Nobody's really selling out, uh, selling the house. Nobody's running for the hills. But people are definitely just sitting down and taking it a little bit easy today. And they're down by seven and a half points. Jeff, we've had, uh, we started the week talking about some of the stuff that we would be highlighting today. Now, some of those numbers have come in. We've got inflation numbers. We've got property updates. Hit us. Okay, so, yeah, for the economy, I guess two key gauges today. The first is that uh, Urban Redevelopment Authority, the residential Mm. property price index. That uh, is now confirmed to have risen 3.3% in the first quarter of this year. Now, that's the highest quarter-on-quarter growth recorded since the second quarter of 2018, and it means the index has in fact gained 6.6% since the end of March 2020, so over those past 12 months. Um, Also, I guess I should point out that uh, relevant to our stock market because the, the real estate developers, owners and operators are a very important part of our stock markets, not just REITs, and I guess that's all on the back of what we've got here in terms of our real estate market in Singapore, you know, it's very strong infrastructure and business efficiency supporting, and I guess those high global rankings in our real estate investment investability, I guess, that uh, that we do see periodically, that does take also into account that we have had 10 years of subtle cooling measures. So um, if, the, if, if that rate continues to accelerate, we may see um, some, some conversation or, or hints to that. But so far in April, um, we've seen our iEdge SG real estate developer and operator index. It's actually edged higher than the STI. So much of this has been built into expectations. I think so far in April, we've seen Propnex rally 10% from $0.97 cents at the end of March to $1.06 today. APAC Realty has rallied 5% from $0.48 cents to $0.50.5. Cents. And then you've got the bigger company, OUE, which... I think it reports just over 80% of its revenue to Singapore. It's it's rallied 16% so far this month from $1.25 to $1.46. 
And it basically means that the stock, like AUE has caught up in its year-to-date returns with the more China-focused real estate owner, developer, operators that we have here, such as Yanlord Land and Hong Kong Land. It's, it's two peers, I guess, in that index. And the share price of Hong Kong land so far is it is up 25% so far this year. Yanlord's up 20%, and and OUE is now up 23% year to date. Um, if, that China segment of the Singapore stocks that we've got it has also been a strong point. It has also outpaced uh, the STI so far in April. Um, I think uh, 14 of the 15 FTSE ST China index stocks have gained in both the month to date. Um, with, I think performances have been from a little over 20% gain for Hong Leong Asia to a 1% decline to Wilma. And they've also seen uh, 14 of the 15 stocks also gain in the year to date. And with the index's 18% year to date gain, and I should just spell out this FTSE ST China index, includes stocks in our broader all share index that have 50% of their revenue or 50% of their assets in China. And with its 18% year-to-date gain, that's actually quadrupled the return of Hong Kong's H-share index so far this year. And it also takes the five-year average total return of the FTSE ST China index, our China index, uh, to close to 50%, which compares to 45% for the H-share index over the past five years. But for these stocks, trade and industrial growth is very important, and that's that's the key number on Monday. Um, on Monday, that March industrial production number, it is expected to continue to grow on a month-on-month basis and on a year-on-year basis, but at a less expansive pace than that strong growth we saw in February, which I think was up 16% year-on-year. So we have seen, I guess, so far this year, pretty much like much of 2020, that a lot of the industrial production output expansions, it's in electronics, precision engineering, chemicals, and some biomedical manufacturing. But at the same time, we've had those declines in transport engineering and, uh, and general manufacturing as well. But I guess important for the stock market, the industrial sector we have here, it is highly trade dependent and it does account for the most number of stocks in our broader FTSE ST or share index after real estate. Uh, and all but one of those 17 industrial stocks have gained, have generated gains in the year to date. And I think the median gains are also around 18% led by Yangtze Jiang Shipbuilding, Semcorp Marine and Micromechanics. So that that uh, that says a lot. Um, basically, supply chain efficiency, uh, manufacturing, um, trade, uh, industry with an industrial, I guess, um, angle, is is one area of our stock market that has performed well, and I guess performed in line with much of these industrial production NODEX numbers and uh, the China growth recovery we've seen as well. Um, and just one more final thing: the other number we had today, of course, uh, CPI came in at 1.3%, uh, which is very close to estimates uh, on a year-on-year basis. Uh, in, in It does look like, if you look at our CPI from uh, May last year all the way to the to the report for March, the, the, the similar pace and gain of the CPI in Singapore, it does look very similar to what we saw back in 2016, between May 2016 and May 2017, and over that pace of 12 months, uh, it continued to, I guess, expand uh, at a stronger rate year on year all the way through to May uh, 2017, which is when the uh, growth rate was 1.4% year on year. So uh, 
it could be a, a little bit of cyclicality there as well, taking into account, but it, it looks, um, I guess, normalised in terms of what we did see back in 2016, 2017, when you look at the, the you plot the uh, CPI on a chart. Yeah, and there's a lot of, uh, uh, I guess, uh, uh, hints also across other countries in the world, Jeff, that uh, you know, the industrial space, at least in Asia, has held up for the most part. I mean, we've seen export numbers in uh, in South Korea, for instance, impress. Even here in Singapore, Nodex, as you mentioned, also impressing to the upside. And now we have also these property uh, prices also starting to inch up. Very interesting, though, to note that we also saw that uh, for the most part, um, uh, we've seen residential prices go up. But then we're also seeing this uh, very interesting divergence where we're seeing rentals of office spaces rising 3.3%. But then we did see that the price of office spaces. It means the price to acquire office spaces, according to the URA, contracted by about 2.7%. And they've also noted that the vacancy rates are starting to tick upwards. And I think one of the big questions, I think, with the commercial property space, if we were to focus on that also, is that there are rents that are ticking up, but more and more businesses seem to be hinting that they might not need as much office space moving forward. So a bit of a tug of war in this particular sector, don't you think? Yeah, that, that, is, that, is, that is right. Uh, we, we, we have seen that, that, I guess, that decline. Um, in pretty much yeah the commercial base uh, pretty much everything other than uh, than the actual um, the residential prices so residential prices have have you know basically been on the gain while commercial haven't and that's that that makes sense and that's 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 all to do with uh, the social safe distancing the working from home the um, the 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 implications of the social and economic lockdowns that we've had to contend with over the past 12 months and and as as you as you were talking before jp about india we're certainly not out of the out of the woods yet on a global basis i mean the um what that has done the uh surge in cases in india has has given us a new high in the daily new confirmed <coughs> sorry mm-hmm. a new high in the uh in the daily new confirmed cases uh for covid globally um yeah so as of 21st of april we had close to 890,000 cases reported that day, and that's well up from that low that we saw back on February 15, which was at 280,000 cases. And it, it, well, it's also, um, I guess, where we've seen increased activity is, is in our stock market, in our most traded pure play medical suppliers that have logged further gains today. I think in the morning session, the quartet of Toplove, Medtex, Riverstone, and UG Healthcare, they gained 3% on average, and that's brought their week-to-date gain to around 7%, and the month-to-date gain now to 20%. So those four stocks, they, they have pretty much followed the new daily confirmed cases higher throughout April, and those stocks have all moved very symmetrically. I think Top, Top Club's gained 21%, Medtex is up 17%, Riverstone's up 20%, and UG Healthcare's up 22%. Um, so so that's... that's uh, Obviously, seeing those stocks in 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 in, in motion, um, and then for next week, of course, we've got uh, uh, not just that industrial production number, but market will also be focused on um, on more earnings reports. I think we've got Lipo Moore's Indonesia Retail Trust and Maple Tree Commercial Trust on Tuesday after the market. Uh, Maple Tree Industrial Trust and Wilmar will be after the market on Thursday. And then on Friday, we have Micro Mechanics, which I mentioned before, Well Precision Machinery, DBS Group Holdings will be before the open on Friday, and Fraser Hospitality Stress will be before the open on Friday as well. A lot of things to look forward to next week. A lot of 
potential drivers too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we also have to remember that the Federal Reserve is also going to be making their next policy decision on Thursday. Nobody's really expecting them to change anything out of the United States, but they're always looking for guidance as to whether or not they're going to keep rates lower for longer. This seems to be the big, one of the other big themes for the markets for the most part, that will inflation suddenly spook folks. But then as the Fed and many other folks have, and many other policymakers have said, it's infections, not inflation, that's going to be the big bogeyman for the, for, for the global economy uh, moving forward. And, and any inflation might just be transitory. However, we've seen bond investors for the most part still not really buy that. They still maintain a healthy dose of skepticism. We'll see if uh, Jerome Powell, the Fed chair, Jerome Powell, has to come back and say for the umpteenth time, guys, it's lower <laughs> for longer. Well, it might be infections and it also is the threat of higher taxes for the rich folk. Ah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and they, we, we did see that. We see, did see that also spook. Uh, even Bitcoin got spooked by that. I see? know, right? Yeah. That would spook anybody. I wouldn't know, of course, since I'm not part of the rich folk gang. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do feel for them. I really do. I know. And on that note, this has been Market View Wrap on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero, joined in the studio by finance presenter JP Ong and on the phone, by strategic market analyst from the SGX, Jeff Howie. I wish everyone a fantastic weekend. Still a few hours to go before we get there, but I suspect it will be more of the same until we get there. Mm-hmm. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.